The Blokebusters podcast is proud to be a member of the Pod Bros Network. You can find us, as well as other fantastic podcasts such as Pencil and Ink Review, Another Damn Trivia Show, and The Language of Bromance at podbros.com, as well as on most other fine podcasting services. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to share and enjoy the Blokebusters podcast. Episode 76 of the Blokebusters Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Paul. And joining us today is a very special guest. Uh, brought himself out of the restroom for this one. It is Honor Knight. Hey, thanks, guys. Rare appearance out of the restroom. Rare. <laughs> we know how you like it in there, nice and cozy. Um, <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. And drunk. And drunk. And Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, an even rarer sober appearance by us. Yeah, yeah. It's very yes. rare. We are, uh, yeah. This one's... Uh, Quite, yeah, we're quite privileged here. Yeah, we, we, I class it up every now and then. Every now and then. Well, don't spoil us. Uh, too <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, and you're, of course, our second ever main review guest. The, and the first one was Kayleen. So, yes. <laughs> so far, we're only pulling from the restroom. <laughs> yeah, I like how my co-flusher got on the show before I did. Nice. <laughs> well, to be fair, though, she's better looking. She's better looking than me, so yeah, I don't blame sure. you. Which is why we brought her on for an audio for, for an audio format, yes. <laughs> and you had her on for a major motion picture, and I get this. This is what I get. Well, <laughs> yeah. to be fair, I don't know. Well, we'll see how yeah. the feelings flesh out here. Yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely be getting into that yeah. a bit later. Um, so, but yes, wait, we haven't even said what we're talking about. The people know because yes. I'm sure we have this titled. Uh, but yeah, well, yes, the title is always in it now. At this point. <laughs> Yeah, thanks to my Doctor Strange love borrowing for titling. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Uh, but yes, this is our episode where we are going to be talking about the 2015 or 2016, depending on which one you look at. It was, it was officially released in 2015, The Little Prince, and it is now on Netflix, and... I've had two people definitely say that we should review this, and upon watching it, I think both myself and Brian decided we needed to review this. Uh, it was so, a pretty easy decision for us. Yeah. yeah so, we decided to bring in someone that likes to rip on films <laughs> as well. Not just likes, I, I, I think it's uh, how he survives. So, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah well, uh, well, the first problem is, guys, I thought we were watching Purple Rain. Because you guys said you guys said a little prince, right? So, we can switch gears. I can go into Purple Rain if well, you want. Now, now I'm all now. I don't know how good I'm going to be now, guys. I don't know. I, watched, I got a whole different experience out of this film. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 Well, this is this is awkward. Yeah. yeah. All, right. all right. I'll muster through. I'll muster. I'll, I'll figure it out. Good. Right. <laughs> but Prince is not in this, right? Am I correct? On this? Uh, he is not, as no. far as I'm okay. aware. Maybe right, there's so only there is a prince. Yeah. Yeah, Alright, okay. No, I actually, no, no, I did see the, this, uh, uh well, no. But Apollonia is, I think. She is. Alright, so this film was directed by Mark Osborne and a budget of $77.5 million, 
supposedly. I didn't get that verified. And a box office, because it did get released in cinemas. Worldwide, 97571250 US dollars. Now, it's a little odd saying that in US dollars, because only 1.4% of that was in America. Because it only got released in just under 150 cinemas over here. <laughs> so, yeah, I wasn't even aware of a theatrical release for this. Yeah, so. I didn't know it got one either. Okay. Yeah, so it is now obviously under everyone's radar just because of Netflix mm-hmm. bringing it to the fore there. And I do get the feeling that there's probably going to be more cinematic showings of it in future. Probably. At the very least, when they're showing a whole bunch of like kid films and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, when, it wouldn't surprise me if one of the theaters that yeah we go to uh, pops it in there. Yeah. And good morning, <laughs> but um, uh, uh, yeah. and also because we completely forgot to do this about oh I know four minutes ago. <laughs> do find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to search blokebusters. Yeah. You can email us blokebusterpodcast@gmail.com. <laughs> Yes, Google is your friend, <laughs> and then we do have a website, blokebusters.webs.com. Or if you're a binger, stop listening. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we don't yes. want bingers. <laughs> yeah, so that, that just sounds weird, actually. <laughs> yes, I'm a binger. Just, just like a fan of Chandler. Uh, I, I suppose, or, or a Bing Cosby fan, I yeah. suppose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so how about... Uh, the plot. Would you, would you like would us? You sure, why not? Yes, alright. Well, a little girl lives in a very grown-up world with her mother who tries to prepare for pre- prepare her for it. Uh, her neighbor, the aviator, introduces the girl to an extraordinary world where anything is possible with the world of the little prince. Yeah. Um, yep. So that's kind of what we have going on here. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> where do you think we should actually start? I'm... I'm really dying to know what Honor thinks of this. So, <laughs> I, I don't know if I can be patient any longer. Yeah, no, I, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. I'm not sure what the consensus is on this, guys. Um, <laughs> it's got some issues. It does. It does have some issues uh, across the board. Um, okay. I, I, I did. How about to, you go uh, into those issues one right, by one? All right, I feel like this is quickly turning into the prosecution <laughs> and the defense. But okay, <laughs> go ahead, prosecutor. Well, the, the main issue is length. I think that's. That's, I think, what, what kills it, um, overall. I think the film is too long. Uh, it, it's listed as 108 minutes. I think maybe if it was a solid 90. Um, I think the, the, the first two acts needed to be trimmed up, um, to really impact the third act and, and, and the final act, I, sh- I should say. Um, and I think because they are so bloated, the first two acts, by the time you get to the emotional stuff at the end of the film, it definitely loses some impact. Um, that's the main thing that I noticed is why it takes a long time to get to where we're getting front loads it a lot. Um, you know, I said the film should have been called Everyone Wants to Be Pixar because it's very Pixar-ish in the beginning of the film. And then later on it gets into some, a couple different styles of animation. But it, it's, it's you know, with the mother, the single mother, and, you know, the kid, and this old fucking guy, this creeper guy we'll talk about. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. we're, we're way into Pixarville again. I know it's a French company that did this, and uh, he said the budget was, you know, $81 million. I, I'm going to say right off the bat, the animation is beautiful. There's two different styles of animation. One, one's that paper mache thing they've been doing, and then one's your standard Pixar animation. So the, the issue is not the animation. So I'm not going to be – this is not food fight, so we're not going to – I can't really flush anything about the animation. It looks good. It looks like it should for an animated film. But there's other there's other thematic and, and narrative issues that are going on here. I think that really kind of um, hampers it from being a classic. Okay. Well, 
First and foremost, I am going to tell you that you are wrong about the length of this film. <laughs> because I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> no, he's right. It is at 108 minutes. I, okay, correct. okay. I don't mean the fact that the actual <laughs> runtime. I'm saying that I don't think it was it long felt at all. 108. I, I, I thought that everything that was in this film needed to be. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know about that. Alright, go ahead. We'll I, I, well, Alright, go ahead. But I just felt that, like, there was so much in it that, like, could feel extraneous, but then as you go through the film, you realize just how much they're actually using the time to show you something that then will come back in an important way later. And then also just, like, they were willing to spend the time giving you the gorgeous visuals of the film and letting it just kind of sink in rather than making sure there had to be a gag here just to keep you laughing or making sure that everything in it was dialogue, 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 dialogue. They were able to let the film rest on its visuals as much as its story. So... Mm -hmm. And that, that's my point of view, anyway. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm kind of falling, uh, always the moderate here, kind of falling in between the two, where it was a little longer than I would typically like a, an animated film to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you I, know, I do like them in at about a tight 90, you I, know? I can understand um, that. But that being said, I, I, I wasn't feeling overly impatient or anything, although when we did get to the end, I was ready for it. You know, like, I was... I was yeah, because yeah, cause ready for my experience the, to be concluded, even though I was really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah well, the, well, that's the problem. The film keeps unfolding plot as it goes along, and and it, and just at first, the, the ones well, we'll talk about a little. There, there's a sequence that happens where it was it's really the natural end for the movie, but then it goes into a whole nother 25, 30 minutes of story that really, you know, this could have been truncated. Uh, the absence of having gags. You know, it really kind of blows out the running time because now that you don't have the gags to get, you know, keep your attention going. Not that this film needed gags. It didn't need gags. But, uh, but not having that, you know, you, in absence of that, you have to, you're relying on narrative and your narrative better be damn good. It better be that involving. I didn't think it was that involving. I think it, it just, in terms of, it was very stagnant, at least the first two acts, um, in mm-hmm. terms of, of maintaining that, you know, the narrative. Uh, so without, you know, Paul is ripping the shirt open and turning green right now. And to be fair, length is really subjective. I mean, I, you know, I watched, like, for instance, James Cameron's The Abyss, which nearly runs three hours, feels like an hour and a half film because it's just so good and you're so invested in that film. You don't yeah. notice the time, but here you really notice the time because I think you get thrown out of the film a couple different times, you know, while you're watching it. It's a watch checker. It's a watch checker to understand what the point of the film and where it's going. Um, because it's, it really is one film and then it becomes like another film and then it kind of trying to wraps around some, with the spiritual ending that most kids aren't going to fucking get. In fact, I had to watch it. You know, I had to figure it out myself. Um, and I'm, I'm, and I'm, but then again, I, I flush really bad films every week. So yeah, my bar's way low on some of these, but, uh, that of Paul's steaming up. Where do you want, where do you, where do you want to go from here, sir? Uh, do you want to go punch a wall while I go? I'll say, take I, over I, for I, a minute? I think we have picked the perfect guest for this. We needed someone to counterpoint us. Yes, because it's not interesting for us to just go gushy <laughs> all over this film for an hour. So, yeah, no one wants to hear that. But, um, um, well, I'm not sure exactly where to go from this. Although, one thing I do want to bring up is the fact that at no point in this film is it ever stated whether or not the little prince genuinely existed. Like it, it is. Like, no, I don't think he did. I think it's metaphorical. It, I don't think it's. I don't think it was. 
Yeah, I don't it, think it was an actual fucking kid. I mean, come on, it's, it's a you know, it's a book. I mean, he's living on a small planet. Come on, man. I have, I mean, it's not I have news for you. None of it was real. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking in the way that the way that this film was built is that this girl is seeing all this is real, and therefore that's the way that it's portraying it. And yet the film goes to extraordinary lengths to never state one way or the other whether or not this is entirely in her head as she's learning how to be a kid mm-hmm. or whether there's is some truth behind it and i thought there's actually a fantastic point that i didn't think about until the second time i watched it where and obviously this is jumping about a little bit but the point where she decides she's going to go and find the little prince because the old creeper next to our neighbor <laughs> is in the hospital and she feels yeah. that who's playing he, the long car long game like yeah, yeah it really is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she ends up sneaking out so that she can get to the airplane and she's holding on to the drain pipe which then falls off and she hits the ground and blacks out mm-hmm. yeah so all um, this is ha- everything from that point forward is happening in her head then it's yeah, not well, that- she's not yeah, she's and that's, not, no. that's mm-hmm. the thing. It's like from then on, it's all in her head. But how much of it is her just say sitting in the plane and imagining it, or does she genuinely think she's going on this or anything like that? And the way the film portrayed, you you don't know that either. It is mm-hmm. just all you're seeing is from her perspective. This is well, what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> but I just thought she knocked her. She was just knocked out, and she had this whole thing, and then she just woke up where she landed. Yeah, I thought for sure they were going to show her yeah, in the. Yeah, and wake up. Yeah, and and then she just went back in the house. So I don't. I never thought she got. She went anywhere. She literally fell and she knocked her head and and had the serene on and and lived out the rest of it. (laughs) And then then came back and brushed her teeth. You know. Um, Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I I think that anyone watching this film can take either one, whichever one they want it to be, because of how this film is put. Personally, I believe he's about as real as Mufasa is after the stampede. (laughs) Yeah. He's in the stars. We get it. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Mm. yeah, it's all metaphor. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, no, no. Mm-hmm. yeah, and and uh, all actually... those food fight characters I did believe were real. So don't, don't <laughs> fucking around with them. But, uh... <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, in the world of food fight, yeah, they are real. They were, but... real. They were real. See, I mean, Paul has exactly. to cop to that. But yeah, we're yeah, they're two wildly different films. I don't know what the episode number is, folks. So you're on your own. <laughs> yeah. I... I did know, but uh, I, I don't anymore. <laughs> you blocked I, it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm blocking everything out to do with that film. Um, but yeah, I I just love how many different ways you can look at this film. Like, I began to think on the second viewing that what this entire film is from the kids' perspective, the way that all of the adults are all acting the same, all the radio stations are just like, numbers were crunched, and then they were put in a vault. And play. It seems to me like that is what a child thinks the adult world is like. It's yeah, boring, it's, you know, it's repetitive. They've forgotten how to be a child. Yeah, yeah so, so I, I think the entire film is told from within her head, basically. Like it's her view of the world. Like, that's my take is on it, it. Are, is it are you going like Jacob's Ladder with this like she's just where like it should have panned out like her, she's in a mental ward and she's just like rocking back and forth in front of a window no, uh, no, knitting no. something that's not there no I, I think it's it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's a point of view type thing rather than it's all her stuck in her head because mm-hmm. uh, obviously she actually is doing 
some of these things. But I like that, her, you know, maybe her overbearing mother made her go insane. Um, <laughs> yeah, now she's locked up. Yeah, yeah, she actually, from the moment that life plan came out, she just suffered a stroke. She, she just had an aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> she's out. Yeah. Well, the mother's definitely an A-type personality because that's 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 how it sets up, and because she, you know, it's a single mother who got to, was divorced from, you know, her her old man who lives in another city, and obviously he's lost his soul completely because he keeps just mailing her snow globes. Yeah, the worst present. That it, it, yeah, I mean, if you get a snow globe, right. you really know someone doesn't like it's you. Shitty. So it's a shitty. Game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like what you so, couldn't afford a chia pet. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, no, it does. It, it, so it has to set that up as, as you know, an uh, A-type personality for the mother in terms of, of she's losing her, just about to lose her own soul, and you know, and the kid's gonna, you know, is kind of torn at this point because she has to go in one direction, and then she meets this creeper guy. But I'd say Rachel McAdams is the one who plays the uh, the mother. Um, I don't know if any of you guys noticed that, but man, she had a great ass, didn't she? Uh, you know what, Honor? I knew I could count on you on this. Yeah, that's insane, though. That's, you know, I, I, I had quite like I watched it twice, and at both times I was like, Man, "That is yeah, quite a dumper there." That's a pretty there. tight ass. I, I, well, I didn't know. If that, and you know, it's animation, so it was intentional. They did. Yeah. I think. I think that's a French thing. I don't know. Yeah, I was totally intentional. But I'm mean, choosing good shapes. You look good. I, yeah, I don't look rocking more. that hourglass. Yeah, that's for this sure. Is, it's hundred yeah. minutes. I had to find something to, to keep me going. And I figured, well, the mother comes back on, she's gonna look awesome. So. Yeah, she, 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 yeah, yeah, she, she wore those tracks well. I'll give it to you. Sorry, Paul. Sorry, that was just a sidebar. That was my, my personal observation. But yeah. maybe you notice that. Hey, in that case, the animation was great. Really, yeah, yeah well, it was. One million well spent. Yeah. To be honest, I was wondering where this is going to go, and I'm not shocked it went there at all. <laughs> well, we, haven't, we haven't gotten to Jeff Bridges yet, but I, I'm warming up to that. So, you know. <laughs> Because well, I had a real issue with him, but go ahead. Well, I I think we should talk about before we get into like the main characters, like all of the the side characters that were in this. I I think they're all so well done. Like you had I mean, say, James Franco cool. was the fox. That was creepy, but all right, yeah, he was <laughs> <a> the fox. <laughs> the animation on the fox was really good, but go ahead. Yeah, well, like, so yeah, you got Jane Franco as the fox, just and I didn't know it was Jane Franco the first time, and then when I. When I saw his name in the credits, why wouldn't that be James? Bridges? Yeah, I, I listened to it again. I was like, "Wow, well, yeah, that's quite good." And then you've got Benicio del Toro was the snake. Like that's a, that's a random pick for the snake. Was, considering the snake only had like four or five lines, they could have probably got they could have got somebody cheaper. I would have thought, but all right. Yeah, it was, it's it's kind of nice the people they got in it. You got Paul Giamatti was the academy teacher. Yeah, and he did a fantastic job. I thought. Yeah. <laughs> And my favorite. I hope you're getting to here. Well, I'd say you got the other call. Um, <laughs> well, you got the um, the other people from the asteroids. So you got uh, Bud Court as the king. I don't I don't know him off the top of my head, uh, but I know he's been in a hell of a lot of stuff. And then Albert. Well, Brooks. he was Harold and Maude. That was Harold and Maude. Yeah, and he was in Dogma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, he, he played uh, he played the male god. Kind of person, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Albert Brooks was the businessman, otherwise known as Marlin yes, from uh, Finding Nemo and Finding Dory. Uh, Ricky Gervais was fantastic as the conceited man. I mean, yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised it's, that it's, isn't it's just Ricky. his title. Yeah. yeah, it's Ricky Gervais doing Ricky Gervais basically. But yeah, yeah. but he did. Yeah, he did well. Yeah. He played himself well. Yeah. Well, and, they animated him too well to to Rick. What Ricky? You know, his mannerisms. So I thought he was really matched well with the character. Yeah, and also I don't know. Uh, if you know this the second time you watched it, but the people that are commenting on the drawing right at the beginning 
they are the conceited man, the businessman, and the king. And like mm. the, it is them doing it. Which right. I, I yes. thought Further proof of, that this is all in her head. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're real and people. It, yeah. And then, uh, so you got Riley Osborne was the little prince, and then Paul Rudd was the, uh, the grown-up yeah, prince. Mr. Prince, yeah. And, yeah, I obviously, Paul Rudd, we know from Ant-Man, among others, but I didn't recognize him. Like, I didn't recognize him really? at I all. Thought I, I, he has one of those voices that just, <laughs> I, I immediately know it's him, you know, but... Uh... Yeah, it was, I thought that the the grown up prince is probably the best voice in the whole thing. Just that put uponness. <laughs> just, I, that was my last brush. Yeah, my yeah. There was, some, <laughs> there was some nice vocal. Yeah, there was some nice vocal. Yeah, so, so, yeah. He, yeah, the voiceover was yeah, really well done. <laughs> and yeah, as you mentioned, obviously uh, Rachel McAdams is overkill. How are you supposed to pronounce that name again? What? McAdams. Oh, McAdams. McAdams. <laughs> that was pretty straightforward. Well, I say it's, it's Rachel, not Raquel, because it's spelled R-A-C-H-E-L. Mm-hmm. Now, without the extra A in there, is it Rachel or Raquel? Uh, no, that's Rachel. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. Rachel. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you got Mackenzie Foy as the little girl, and the only thing I was able to find that she'd been in that I'd heard of before haven't seen, I want to stress that very importantly right now, is Twilight. Because she oh, played the daughter of Bella yeah. and Edward in the later... She, she was the the girl in Interstellar, though. Oh, is she the young... She's uh... the she's the Jessica Chastain. Ah, uh, as a, okay. As a, yeah, the Murphy, or Mur- you know, the yeah, crying Murph. in the bed girl. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I must, have, uh, I must yeah. have skipped past that when I was reading. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then, of course... Uh, now we jump into uh, the poet himself, Jeff Bridges, as the aviator. <laughs> the, uh, the, Christ, the delightful life. pedophile. Yeah. So, this uh, man. Yes, I, I, I want to let on a go. It is hard to deny the, well, the pedophilic he, overtones in the beginning well, of the film. Yeah, well, and I, I'm not sure. I, I got to first stress that I thought of all the actors, this guy was the only one that was miscast, I think, for, for the type of character he was playing. I wish they had got someone who was a little better at doing older voices. Um, and they, even Ed Asner, you know, or anybody. But the problem is, he, the voice he's using is the same damn voice he used in R.I.P.D. when he played that that cowboy. So he sounds like he's got a wad of horse shit in his mouth the entire time. So that immediately throws you right out of the movie. He sounds awful, and it doesn't really match the look of the character. I don't know if he was just being lazy, but it it, it doesn't work. And I thought every time he opened his mouth, I had a real issue with that because, like I said, we and also we flushed R.I.P.D. I don't know the episode number. Look at our signals, com. You can have it all there. But he was, he was terrible in that. I don't think he was very good in this one because I think if he had just done his regular voice, it would have had a more impact, I think. I think that really was an issue. And, and number, number two, yeah, he's a creeper. Was anybody else waiting for this old man to bust out his dick? Like at any point when he's hanging out with this I mean, kid? Like there's I, I something can... inherently wrong with this. I know French people have no problem with this. I mean, let's, let's chill out under a parachute together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, let's see what happens. Tickle fight. Uh, yeah. Uh, I play with French audiences, and they don't really think. I mean, like, a French, a European sensibility is completely different over here. We're not as hung up on this shit as, uh, you know, they're not as hung up as, on this shit as we are. So but when you're watching from an American point of view, this is a little creeper, dude. I don't know, you know, if this mom knew that, uh, you know, she was, he was, she was hanging out with this old dude. I don't know if she'd be mm-hmm. too thrilled, because he's, he's a weird well, old I dude. Mean, he's not, the mom's kind of a piece of shit because she just leaves her eight-year-old daughter alone at 
home, uh, no supervision. So, I mean, that's what you get. So, yeah. like, that's true. I guess that's a babysitter point of view. But it was, it was a little off-putting. Like, all their scenes together were just, it's a little left to center. I know it was supposed to be endearing, and I, yeah, you got it. I understood, like, as it went, goes on, it gets a little better. But those initial scenes, like, where they're hanging out, I'm like, this is not, this is not going to end well. I, I was trying to attribute that just from, like, some American up tightness. And, you know, um, yeah, I can't just, say. I'm just trying fully... to appreciate that there could be a um, platonic relationship yeah. between these two. Yeah, and I, yeah, yeah, in real, you know, and but it just in terms of the way it's presented here, I thought um, it's just it comes off as a little ooh. Well, maybe <laughs> it is because I am, <laughs> I am English, having grown up over there. Like, I, I didn't. Obviously, I can see that. It can look that way, and mm-hmm. it, it's a little odd that the really old guy is becoming friends with the really young girl. But I never got that feeling watching it. Mm-hmm. Like it was uh, it was something where I could see like it's kind of a passing of the torch, as so, it were, throughout yeah. the film. <laughs> so <laughs> just just for future notes here, you're okay. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I'm gonna say you're you're gonna be okay with your kid. Like if uh, your okay. next door neighbor. Flies in a paper airplane through her window <laughs> with a note. <laughs> Says, Come over to my place. They're all yeah, yeah, that's all right. But they're playing airplane. Like you expected them, like the bus on the stick, and be like, okay, pull back hard on the throttle. <laughs> And this bitch is gonna fly. <laughs> but no, we never got that movie. I had my Aren't you glad we had honor on this? Sorry, uh, yeah, I know yeah. for such an important uh, animated feature, yes, it, it is. Uh, um, well, a yeah. hundred people saw. Okay, guys, let's let's, let's keep it in perspective here. They had to dump it on Netflix, and I guess people are watching it here. The important um, parody is the Little Prince Albert. But <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Paul. But initially, like uh, these scenes are supposed to. I think Pixar would have handled this better. I don't. I, I maybe it's the design of the old man. Maybe maybe it's, it's the CG build of him doesn't look right or looks a little little. You mean um, the walking you know, nose? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yes, he's got the walking nose and the beard. It's just something off-putting, I think, with the design. And and again, Jeff Bridges is, is really miscast. I think in this role. I think if he maybe just do his own voice or he got somebody with a softer, older voice. You know, or like a Morgan Freeman, not actual Morgan Freeman, but that that type of temper in his voice. I thought it would hit his character would have had more impact uh, on on the narrative and on the girl. Yeah, you know, I, I think Jeff Daniels actually could probably have done it. Yeah, yeah, not uh, not just because we want to stick with the Jeff, but mm, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think he he's got the kind, of, especially after watching Newsroom. I think he's got the kind of voice that you know just uh, add a little bit of timber to it, and he. Could, do quite a good uh, older gentleman. Yeah, I think I think that that was an issue for me. I just thought I kept throwing it. Aside for the you know the design build, I thought uh, we needed we needed a voice that was a little more rounded uh, than you know horse shit in your mouth. But uh, <laughs> I don't know I don't know how they you know it's just one of those things they pitch and they get you know it's eighty one million dollars. I'm, I'm not sure if these guys did it for scale because they you got had to yeah. yeah there's it's, no it's way. Just yeah. here that would ate up the above the line budget mm-hmm. immediately. Well, not well, a list talent here. I'm surprised. So they must have did it for next and open. Well, the thing is, the original budget would be for the French release of the film. So that would be the original French actors and stuff. Whereas this is a localized version of it. So I don't know if the reported budget will include those actors or not. Or if that's the production studio that brought it over would be the one that just. Well, I know this is, so this is dubbed. This was dubbed. 
from America. Yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a French studio. It's, yeah. It originally had French. You know, Marianne Cotillard is the only one that was in the French. Yeah, and oh, American she is, version. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I would have more interested to see the French version than the subtitles. I think that might have been had a well, little more impact. It, it is available on Netflix, and I was actually thinking of doing that. Why oh, didn't you mention week. that? I would have watched that. Uh, fr- uh, French it. audio with yeah, uh, English yeah, 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 that would have been Oh, see, yeah, I wish I'd known that too. Yeah, because that's yeah, you lose things in translation all the time. Yeah, man, come on. Well, you might lose things in translation, but the English subtitles going to be the same. Well, true, but I'd rather see. I mean, I guess on animation, it's less important. But like Crouching Tiger, like if you've ever watched that with like the English dub, it is one of the worst. No, yeah. I would have. Yeah. All right, folks, we're gonna hold on. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna go watch the French. Movie. <laughs> and we're gonna come back and review, finish reviewing. Okay, yeah, I, 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 we can add an amendment later on a yeah. later episode. <laughs> yeah, gonna... no, let's, the people are just gonna wait. Just wait, folks. <laughs> just wait. Yeah, we're, it's, it's... we're gonna do this in real time. No, we're not pausing. <laughs> no, let's keep. It. 108 minutes from now, we'll be back with the French version. <laughs> Le Petit uh, Prince. I decided, I, I usually like to see, I didn't know, I didn't know that. I, I usually like to see it in, in its native because sometimes like the voices have, have a, it brings a different type of performance to that. It would have been interesting to see that just with the subtitles. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, we're here, we gotta do this, but it would have been interesting to go back and see, uh, what, what the original intention was. Cause sometimes you get a different, you know, with the tone, you get different, you know, with different voices and stuff like, even if you're reading it. It comes across differently, and it's less distracting. Some of these guys, because they have such distinctive voices, like Ricky Gervais and Paul Rudd and Jeff Bridges, you know, that throws you out of the movie too. Because as soon as Gervais got on, I'm like, oh, you know, it's a guy from The Office. You know, it, it, you know, you immediately identify that, and you're kind of not paying attention to the character because you're kind of focused on his vocal, you know, um, what he's doing, his vocal performance. So that, I, yeah, that's I can kind agree of, to that. Just yeah. yeah, I think it was all just the French guys, and I didn't give a shit about except Marion Cotillard, but you know, you know, come on, um, you know, Raz Al Ghul's, uh daughter you know uh, spoiler <laughs> hey hell, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. i've only had people. nine years to get caught up now come yeah for the six people yeah. who haven't seen dark yeah. Knight, right with apologies <laughs> spoilers yeah uh, see what i'm saying but i uh okay all right so that's that's i guess where we're circling around the uh the voice cast i thought it was fine for the most part i just had an issue with bridges um mcadams anybody could have done that role i think they could have got kristen wieg there's any any major female actors could have done that. She's kind of. I wish there was more done with the daughter and the mother. I thought because the ending, the payoff to this at the end does it, it kind of rings hollow. The last it's scene, a little uh, montage. Yeah. yeah. I wish there was some real dramatic stuff between disconnect between the mother and the daughter. I thought if they play it and the, and the film was built around that relationship, I thought it would have had a lot more impact then this old guy next door and so and the, the other dude i mean it just it's you know it starts to unravel a little bit but i thought if they just focused on that core relation and built a little prince around those two not being able to connect and the mother losing her humanity basically you know and having to get that having to find her way back to that you know unlike the husband the ex-husband who didn't he's living in a snow globe which is a great re- representation of that i thought that was that was a good way to do that but we needed we needed more of an emotional connection between the mother and the daughter and i think that would have carried it forward well i i I personally think that the way that they handled the relationship actually worked very well because the entire point is that the mother is, you know, trying her best to make sure that her daughter can get to the school. But given her job and everything that's going on, she is turning into the person that left them. Like she, she is becoming that distant because she's away all day. She comes back and she's like, "Had you finished your plan? Good. Eat. Go to bed." Like that. That's what it is, and she even the girl even says in the film that that she is turning into him. Yeah, yeah, it's a dark mention of it. And and then you 
she got very little attempt at redemption before the end. And then she started to realize that what her life has been doing to her daughter and the fact that now that her daughter is sort of getting to be a child again, she's seeing the error of her ways, as it were. And so I felt the end of the film was her at the beginning of trying to fix the relationship. Like, I didn't need to see the relationship get fixed. Cause I, yeah, I they assumed, were on the path. Yeah, well, I, I assumed yeah, it was I the beginning of another okay. story, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to keep my Little Prince, too. You know, they had to adhere to source material, too. There's, yeah. Um, yeah, you know. yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, you, could, you don't always have to adhere. I mean, I mean, they could have built yeah. up on it. I mean, the source material's not that great. I mean, everybody can, you know, argue. You know, it's a French story. It's okay. I mean, it's, it's you know. But, you know, I think you could, this is something you could have built about, especially if you're in America. But then again, it's a French, you know, translation of it. So I have to, you know, I got to cut it a wide curve. This is not an Americanized yeah. version of it, but... <laughs> Okay, two things. Number one, the original story <laughs> was in French and then translated to English. Number two, right. the way that you stated that, the way you were saying it sounded like you were saying, because it's French, it's not that kind of story. Well, <laughs> that's exactly well, what well, <laughs> yeah, I, it's, like, it's well, not that kind of story, it's French. They've done nothing great. Well, if you had any French listeners, you just lost them. So <laughs> I, I do apologize for that. that. Hey, yeah. I, I'm English, we automatically hate the French. So that's oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying, not, I'm not trying to prep on the whole, like, everything coming out of France is bad. No, that's not the case. I, I just think that the story in general, whether, whether it's English or French, it's, it's not, you know, as a super memorable story. Uh, it's, well, I guess maybe it's more for American audiences. They're not, you know, I know it's considered a classic. I get it. But, um, I thought maybe the original material could have been expanded. This is like almost a literal translation of a lot of it. And I think a lot of that le- could have been left open to expand on that, to build upon it a bit, a better mythology, I think, for it. Um, and expand out the relationships instead of just taking like the literal, you know, page from page of the book, you know, which they do a lot of here, especially in the back end of the movie. Talking of the original story and how it's in the film, I thought that it was so well done the way that they had a completely separate art style for the actual telling of the story. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the way that they were able to transition from her reading and then you start to see the drawing on the page move. And then it it's kind of almost just falls into the actual kind of claymation. As yeah, it it's were. like a paper mache type claymation. That's brilliant. I thought that was actually really, really done. I like that style of animation, and I thought that yeah, it, had it a nice, has a nice, screen. yeah, it does. Yeah. It has a nice texture and feel to it, and, a, and a, you know, uh, a tactile feel to it, which really uh, works well. I wish more of the film actually had been done like that, but you know, you got to dip back into Pixar mode. Uh, you know, and then it blends, blends the two together by the end of the movie so two become one kind of deal but um, I did like that yes Although I have to say there were a couple of shots in the film that to me almost felt as though I couldn't tell if it was animation or just a photograph like, uh, there was one point and I don't know if it's just because the refresh rate just happened to hit it right when I was watching it or something like that but there's a shot where you're looking down into the waste paper basket where the I think the the first page that got thrown into her room and then she put it in the bin and then later she goes back to pick it up again. Mm. And you're just looking down at the basket and I, I genuinely had a moment where I was like, did they take a photo of an actual page in the basket there? Um, and I don't... The, none of the rest of the actual animation, uh, like the CG... Pixar animation, as you call it. None of the rest of it kind of looked like that to me, but there were just a couple of like snapshots in the film where it just 
Beautiful. Yeah, it was moments like that that I didn't yeah. mind the runtime because there was always something to look at. Like if this narrative yeah, it, was dragging a bit, I always had something. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. but that's kind of a, yeah. I agree with that, and it is, it is overall is beautiful. But you know that this is standard for CG. These should these films at this kind of budget level should look like this, and they should look this good. And this that but you can't. I don't, I don't think it's fair, really. I, you no longer judge films, CG films, on the technical end because the technical end is so good and it's expected. We're so inundated with basically Pixar, Disney, and DreamWorks, and Disney and Pixar are pretty much one company that you know there are the bar is way up there, and so these films should look like this. I mean, when you're dealing with this type of budget level, so I I have to that's the first thing I have to throw out. I have to really just go right into story because you know unless the CG is horrible and then it becomes an issue, but. You know, this, 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 it looks good because it's an $81 million budget and it should look this good. And I, I do, like I said, appreciate the two different styles of animation. I thought that was kind of a bonus. But generally, at this level, you know, this is what it should look like. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's really like a, a critique point, you know, uh, you know, for, for the narrative of the film. I, I can see what you're saying. However, I think the problem is because there are so many animated films that don't look as polished as this, like it, I think, well, most of, of them do, though, which only the really low-end ones. I mean, I'm not talking Foo Fight because that's really, that's a whole different thing, but I'm talking, even the lower ones are pretty well polished, I think, by this point, because the technology has come up. Even the low-end stuff looks pretty good. Even TV commercials that use CG look pretty damn good. I mean, uh, you know, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know why don't, what the hell channel are you watching then? Like, where are you not seeing the good? Because everything I see yeah. looks pretty sharp, and maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe I'm not watching the right channels. I don't know. I don't know. You have to get out. You might have to cite an example of what you feel that is a lower quality. And I'm not talking it's Saturday morning TV stuff, but even some of that looks pretty good. But uh-huh. I'm saying generally for major motion picture releases like this stuff or direct-to-video, you know, well, maybe not some of those, but, you know, the, the budget, the technology has come to a point where this stuff should naturally just all look good, and you can't really judge it. You know, you can't really critique it at this point. You have to look at the narrative and the story. Well, that's it. I, I do agree that it should always look this good at this point, unless you only have like a $10 million budget for whatever reason. But I feel that outside of Pixar, so many studios, I think what happens is a lot of studios come up with an idea and then they have a year, a year and a half to really get it out before that idea that they had on something is no longer... I guess current or anything like that. So I feel that there are some films that come out where not all of it is polished. Like there'll be some things that aren't that great because they have rushed the render mm-hmm. and of, <laughs> uh, say for instance, Suicide Squad. Oh, I thought you were going to go Jurassic well, that, World. No, that, no, that's, <laughs> no, that's, no, I'm not talking that. That's CG yeah, within a live I, action I, film. I'm talking I, purely, I purely know, animated I, film. That's so, so am I, but I, I had to throw that deep. <laughs> no, 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 that, and yeah, and, and I agree, agree. Suicide Squad's a mess on, on many levels, but that's that's <laughs> the least of its problems, actually, the yeah. CG. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's, it's these things where I, I feel that this has been this was on the higher end of that even the the films that you know do do look really good i feel this was on the higher end of out of that spectrum and okay. i i really hope that more studios try and make sure that their films are as polished as this one in future now that the technology is there because it, i do think that some studios are more worried about getting their film out there and getting people to go and see it rather than spending the extra, you know, three months to make sure it's all fully rendered before it comes out. Yeah. And 
yeah, I really did enjoy all of the art styles in this one. Like, as you said, there's the the, the claymation or pa- <laughs> paper mache. Yeah, I, yeah. I yeah, guess I'm not sure what to call yeah. it. Yeah, it's not um, it's not stop motion, play, but yeah. it, but it's similar to stop motion mm-hmm. type. Uh, yeah. And um, then, yeah, that's what's holding for me. Yeah, the pix. Yeah, like you're saying, Aria, the Pixar stuff. You know, it looks great, and I just say it should look great. But what sold it for me was the the world of the Little Prince. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that just well, maybe the movie should have been that. Maybe it should, it should have been a thirty-minute version of just that story in the paper in that style. And I think maybe mm-hmm. that would have had a good more, you know, more of an impact than trying to wrap around all this other stuff. Uh, it seems like they wanted to do, like I think it was it was an internal thing, co- company wide. Like they wanted to do two different things. Like one, just say just just to be like Pixar, they know how to make movies, you know. And oh, the other Jesus. one's like, no, no, we want to we want to experiment, a little paper mache, and make it jazz it up. The friend, you know, listener back, that decided to give us another chance, we just lost. And then, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm fighting the urge to hit the mute button right now. <laughs> and, they, uh, and, you know, then they took a break and went and slept with their mistresses and came back and they sat at the table again and had a, you know, croissant and, uh, and, and that was all night, everybody. And yeah. bicycle yeah. down the street with a baguette. Uh, and, yeah. Thanks for having me as a guest. Getting <laughs> all over the French. Um, no, but that's what I'm saying. I think there was, they were at odds studio wise, like, and I think they tried to, they tried to, you know, shoehorn both of them to get the best of both worlds. I'm glad they had, you know, the, they got the paper chase stuff in there. But maybe the film would have been, you know, a little bit more classic, you know, if it was just a 30 minute short just on, you know, in that style. I would like to see a whole film done in that style, honestly. Um, I, you know, like the picture stuff we're used to, like we're so inundated with that style and the shading and, and, and this type, type of animation. You know, we've seen it. We've seen it. We, it's been done. But the paper mache stuff, I don't think we've seen enough of that. So I think like it serves the. Cool. I think it's a really great way to tell a story and some really, and it gives us such a tactile feel to that. When you're watching it, I, I really, you know, I really dug that end of it. We need more of that. I, I really feel that 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 might be the way to go. And I felt the two styles really served the narrative as far as the Pixar world being the standard world. Yeah. And then, yep. you know, of course, the Prince world being more playful <laughs> and lively and energetic. Well, that's because, as I'm sure you're about to go with that, like, that is, it's her that's imagination. the world of a child, it's, yeah. It's, it, coming to life in front of her Mm -hmm. and it it almost felt to me like what was happening is uh, obviously you saw the the airplane and the the sheep and stuff all coming to life and then it was as if she'd taken the pages of the story itself to mold it together to make the paper mache world of the little prince and i i thought it was wonderful and i also liked the opening as well where there's just uh, brush strokes and mm-hmm. like you get to see the drawing just yeah. on paper yeah. with the silhouette of the people, and then it just went to the <laughs> the Pixar one and the Pixar and yeah, you know, I, I felt that it was really good because, as you say, we're used to the super clean. Yeah, but I don't want to call it the Pixar animation, but you, you did kind of hit the nail <laughs> yeah. on the head in that. That's kind of yeah, that's the, the, the yeah, they want to for no, that yeah. very mm-hmm. clean style of of filming, mm-hmm. of the, the proper shading and, and stuff like that. It's just, they've honed it down to that look. You know, it varies from film to film, obviously, but that basic look, if you look at Up, if you look at, you know, all these other ones have these type of humans that are kind of small and, and the Incredibles and all that, they all have starting to have that same look to it, you know, and, that, and that's what I consider the standard look. I mean, DreamWorks does a, some different stuff, but yeah. uh, as far as Pixar goes, you know, like I said, we, but we've been in data, in data with that type of, well, for so long, uh, it was, it was refreshing to see a couple different styles of animation utilized here. Yeah, well, that, well, that's the thing. I think that the fact that we are so used to that made, 
having the story that we aren't familiar with in that style helped you to kind of connect with that because that's all the new stuff. Like anyone that's read The Little Prince already knows it and then they get the stories that they already know in a completely... I guess not completely new art style, but such a refreshing take on it that you you get you, know, you get the the new in familiar and the old in unfamiliar. And I think on top of just having nice visual to look at, I think it's a really good way of telling those stories. Okay. E- even if on a you weren't the biggest fan of the story. <laughs> no, this well, yeah, we got some narrative problems. Well, the, yeah, the original story and this film as well. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, one thing that, upon looking up the original story of The Little Prince, is that, obviously, every asteroid they go to and every character he runs across is an allegory for something. So, obviously, you got the businessman. All he wants to do is own everything. And and that's the... Yeah, the materialistic yeah, world, mm-hmm. and then you got the it's the Wizard of Oz, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then you got the conceited guy who's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, well, obviously I'm the most handsome on this planet. Mm-hmm. So you're the only one on this planet, so, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I am the most handsome. That's all that matters. <laughs> and all, all of these areas, and and nowadays, especially, I would argue that most people looking at this film without knowing anything about it would think, oh, it's a kids' film. Like, yeah, and I would, yeah, I would war, kind of warn against that because I mean, you really have to have patience, even as an adult, like you know, well, to to get through. Yeah, that's there are very quiet moments. It's very subtextual. <laughs> yeah. But that was my next question: What age group do you really feel this is for? Because there is a lot of complex adult stuff going on here throughout, especially the ending, which a lot of kids aren't going to get. That um, I barely got it. I'm uh, a fully grown adult. Uh, well, I, I well, let's, say, I mean, I opinions. I didn't say be. functioning. I said fully grown. Functioning no, that's, is a whole okay. different. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what? I, 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 you know, it's, it's obviously adults are going to get it. It's geared towards older kids. I think maybe twelve and up. I don't think young kids are really going to be. I, first of all, I don't think they're they're going to have the patience to sit through it. Yeah, I think because there's a pacing issue here that's going on. In the first two acts, you know, it doesn't it doesn't have the gags and the funniness, you know, and the fart jokes. That they're so used to with Pixar and DreamWorks and stuff like that. So young kids aren't going to really sit and really watch it. So this is really for, I'd say 11 and up, maybe even 11 to 13, you're going to have to mm-hmm. be hard pressed. So maybe it is for adults. Maybe this is just an adult film that just happens to be about I a young think it's, girl. I mean, to the purpose of the story and adults to reconnect with their childhood. Yeah. Well, that, I think okay. that's definitely that. But also I, I really hope that my, my kid can watch a Pixar film and then also watch this as well because mm-hmm. I feel that this is almost like a better family film than a lot of the Pixar stuff because it will definitely open up dialogues with the kids just, uh, if the kid doesn't understand. Like, you're, you're able to say, well, like, this might be because... I mean, let's talk about death. <laughs> well, but, well hey, yeah. I personally think that is something... You're going to die someday. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, yeah. maybe not do that to... <laughs> not simple one. There's that, a reason I'm not a parent, Paul. Yeah, maybe not do that to a two-year-old or something. But I, I think once the kid starts getting old enough to start to realize some of these things, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love that this is the type of... Yeah, you don't always need the bright, flashy colors and constant gag. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a conversation should start along those lines. But also, the ending's a real cheat, guys. I had a real issue with the, with, we were talking about death and, and acceptance of death and, and keeping person, person alive. But then the film doesn't even pull the trigger on the actual death. 
I, and I thought that was. I think the old that old man should have fucking died. And I, I, really, think, I think it was implied. No, I, it's not. No, it's not implied at all. He lives. It's a, at the ending. He's alive. Like obviously well, he's nah. going to die. But he's I think go, he, yeah, he, I mean he's he checking out. Should have died right. Yeah. No, he should have been checked out. And that and then she got. <laughs> then she could put two and two together. Mm-hmm. The, you know the experience she had with the the rose and the prince. You know on the on the whatever world that yeah. was. And when she came back, she can kind of she can bridge the gap in understanding this guy's passing. But the problem well, is he's alive at the end of it, and that's well, that, that's I think I, undermines. The I, I meant, yeah, I, I thought it was just implied that he's, you know, he's on borrowed time here. Well, that, that is, <laughs> oh, he is, but he's soon. not dead. He doesn't fucking die on camera. <laughs> you you need that that's, death that's scene. What, Oh yeah, well yeah, we need something. Either pull down your pants or die. One of the two. I, I just, <laughs> your life motto: pull down your pants or die. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually think uh, <laughs> I I don't know I don't know how much you you were paying attention as it was kind of fading Uh-oh. out at the end, but. I Which genuinely do think he did die on screen because I don't think so. Because what or, happens? Or are we is, going back to the crazy girl? What no? Uh, could, could, what, what happens is uh, so yeah, they're in the bed and then he he's got that book and he he says the line like you know did you see this and then mm-hmm. the mother comes over and then if you actually just watch him as it's as the camera's coming up and just slowly fading out into the other scene. Uh, he kind of leaned back and does not move at all. Like, yeah, but he, that's... He should have went to the window and jumped out, and she could have looked <laughs> no, up like he was it. flying <laughs> around, and no, that, that, that would have been, that really been awesome. But, no, no, I, but that, but that should have been... That should have... They shouldn't have faded out on that, then. They should have had that... They should have left... They should have left that scene, then. That Because I didn't even notice that. Like, I was well, just like, okay, the scene's over, and now we got to, you know, get to the end of the movie. I yeah, well, I, I think we undermine themselves by that. Right, yeah. That that happened, and then also, if you just as it's finally fading out, you see the girl look at him, look back at the mum, and they're both like, there, there's something on their faces where like they they realize something just kind of happened there, and then you know, right at the end when they're looking at the stars, you hear both the prince and the aviator laughing, which yeah, see, yeah, there cause... yeah, there could have been a better way to do. I thought we felt were cheated. Also, I thought the last line of the film should have been the mother saying to the daughter, "Did he ever touch you?" <laughs> Show me on this doll where he does. <laughs> Show me on the fox. Right, that, that's my own. Glove. I'm gonna go take this snow globe and bash his head in. I just yeah. thought. I, so I thought that would have been. I thought because we dealt with all this complex adult stuff in the film and, and acceptance of death and, and keeping the person alive in your heart and stuff like that. Really good stuff, guys. There is some really good stuff in here. And then you get to the end of the movie, and it, then it kind of cheats it. It doesn't really. Follow through on that. And if it's an adult film, which we're kind of agreeing it is geared for either older kids or, you know, fully grown adults, they, there's no reason why that guy could have expired on screen and have it, you know, have that scene like you're saying, Paul, or you just kind of, you know, and Bridget, and it doesn't even have to be done with dialogue. They could have done that. They could have went all Pixar, like the beginning of Up and just done it that way, uh, which yeah, has yeah. much more of an impact than yeah. the end of this film, you know, and that was at the beginning of that film. So, you know, I, I just think that I don't know why the, you know, usually French have no problem killing people. I don't understand why they just didn't uh, go, uh, go go full retard on this. Now. Right. We're going to have to issue a to the You are giving me such a job later. I'm going to have to edit around all I said some really horrible stuff right now. So, yeah, folks, if you're just coming back to the show. Yeah, there might be an outtakes one. Paul, send me that. I'll But you see what I'm saying, though? I'm just saying I thought I thought it really should have went full Monty on that. And they I think they kind of shortchanged themselves. Especially for the very last shot, which is lame, which is the mother and daughter on top of the roof looking at the stars. I, mean, I don't think they, they didn't end that. They, they, it should have ended a lot earlier than that and having that, that weird payoff scene, which isn't really much of a payoff, you know. Um, 
It's just a, just a way to end a movie. Oh, they connected because we're looking at stars together. I don't, you know. Doesn't, doesn't, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, <laughs> one of my favorite little moments in it is actually in the credits just after that scene where you see her telling the story or the beginning of the story to her class and you just see the look of, like, wow, on everyone's <laughs> faces. Yeah, it's like, she's an insane person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but it's like, I, I really like that idea of, you know, obviously she's now come to understand what it means to be a child and have some imagination in this completely soulless right. world that exists. And you you get to see that, you know, now that she has that, she's trying to give it on to this, this new generation. And uh, at, at the very least in the snippet you see, she's having pretty much no luck whatsoever. <laughs> so what what age would you would you are you going to show this to your your kid like what what age do you feel that they would they would be able to you know to open the door to conversation what what do you feel would be a good like when well, you finally plop down to once you get past all the pixar and the fart jokes what what age do you think that you would show this i mean if the kid anything like i was growing up then five or six would be absolutely fine for me, I mean, I, oh you, come on! Now. Oh yeah, because the stuff that's going to go over their head is going to go over their no, head, well, and then they can watch it later. Oh, yeah, I see you're saying five or six. Online. Okay, all right. So that you figured that's a, all right. That that makes about. Yeah, I mean, I, right, I, I, you know, when I was growing up, when I was five or six, I was watching TV show like uh, um, Thunderbirds and Captain Scarlet and and Joe Ninety, like the uh, yeah. the Jerry Don't Anderson. You, yeah, so yeah, if you want to build up a film maturity, and, and it was, uh, it's, yeah. it, it's obviously it entirely depends on. Yeah, what your kid. your kid can handle, mm-hmm. but and their own personality. But, in there. Yeah. but when I when I was growing up, I I always had a disconnect between okay, I know this is a film and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I I was always willing to ask a question if I didn't understand something, and I always wanted an actual answer. Like I, I, and I, I would have enjoyed be, being shown this because I I was you know from a certain light. Well, you know, very repressed. <laughs> no, somewhat very repressed. So everything had to be very kid oriented for me. You know, adult things were for adults, and you know, that, it was very segmented. Um, so anything that might cross the line, I was not allowed to see. You know, right. um, whether I understood it or not. Yeah, so, no, I, yeah I would appreciate it. Like I'm of the opinion that there is no point in talking down to kids. So, and obviously, there's I some things they might not understand. Mm-hmm. And that's when you can talk to them about it. And obviously, when talking to them, you can judge whether or not they're going to understand it at this point, or if you're going to have to have a mm-hmm. conversation at a later date. And I think that this film, like obviously, the younger the kid is, the visuals are going to like really get them. And then as they grow up, they'll be able to come to terms with everything that's on the screen. There are a lot of good themes to take away for kids in this, you know. The, oh, there's a lot. The, the inner beauty and, you know, a balancing work and play. And, what you, and what, what the kids on. shouldn't be shouldn't be taken away, though, is after they see this film, you know, hanging out with old people. Go <laughs> make, make a friend with uh, Grandpa. Who calls themselves Uncle Phil, you know. <laughs> yeah, and go for a ride in their piece of shit car that. and don't know where you're going. Exactly. <laughs> you know, don't get into a uh, white nondescript van. <laughs> also, go don't help a guy put a chair into that van. We're gonna, we're gonna fly to the moon. Mm-hmm. Go little print. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what not to do. But uh, yeah, but you are right. There are some very good themes here that you know you can kind of young kids can really wrap their head around. Uh, I just wish it was, they were a little bit better clarified and presented, but they are there to dig into. Um, you know, and like I said, with an adult present, 
uh, help with those questions, you know. Hopefully a legal guardian or parent. <laughs> not me. Oh, not me. Not this adult. I mean, maybe. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. I, I don't really know how much more we can get into. I, I just. Did we cover uh, the, Yeah, I, I think I, we're covered here. I've insulted the French. Uh, yeah, oh, multiple yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. Multiple times. Uh, we made pedophile jokes. Uh, I think we, yeah, I think we, and what a great, awesome animated film for kids. That, I mean, <laughs> that's why we brought you on, is for French insults and pedophile jokes. <laughs> I guess the bottom line is, is it, is it worth a watch? I mean, is it, you know, we have, this is available on Netflix. People, you know, after listening to this podcast can go right now and, and watch it immediately. Um, and, and watch, you know, what's the age range for the kids? I'm saying it's for older kids. I think five and even five and six is a little old. Paul I, thinks yeah. that might be the right I mean, I would say, first of all, I'd say if you're going to watch it as an, just watch it yourself before you have your kids watch it. You know, see if your kid, own kids are going to be able to handle some of the complex themes in this film. There are complex themes about death mm-hmm. and acceptance and not growing old and, uh, or growing up but not growing mm-hmm. old and ke- keeping your heart alive, which I think is a great, there's a great message there. You know, you have to kind of wade through it. You have to sit with it and then you have to judge for yourself whether this can be okay for your kids or if it's just okay for you. Um, it's definitely visually, I think it's fantastic. It's one of the better animated films you're going to see in the last couple of years in terms of style. So the presentation is good. I'm just not sure, like narratively, you know, if it's if it's all the way there, especially if kids are going to be, you know, fidgeting uh, through it. So, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know, guys. Yeah, that, uh, that is going to be the the main thing is whether or not your kid can sit through an hour and forty six minutes of. Is, yeah, but I think I think the kid. I mean, you know your kid best, so I mean, if you think they can handle mature, th- I mean, there's nothing. I would call inappropriate in this other than, you know, what you might relate well, to that relationship. <laughs> but, uh, but there, I mean, I don't think you need to get the more complex themes to still enjoy this film. I don't. No, definitely not. I, I think you can watch it as just something that is completely different from anything else you're going to see. Yeah. And I think we need to, to start by asking Honor what his rating would be for this um, because, uh, something tells me it's gonna be on the lower end. <laughs> it is on the low end. I'd say well, two yeah, to two, two, two and a half. It. Yeah, two to two and a half stars. Um, I, 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 and it has to go on the low end because there's some serious narrative problems. I think it could have been streamlined to make it a little bit more, you know, a breezy affair in terms of getting through some of this stuff. Um, like I said, there's some story issues that really kind of hampered. I mean, even, you know, you have the visual animation. But I found myself checking my watch a lot on this one, and I really should have just been caught up in the magic of this film, and I wasn't. I kept getting thrown out by, you know, miscast actors and, you know, and, and story points that really, you know, aren't fully explored. You know, the animation's good. But by the time you get to the end, yes, that was an emotional ending. I'm not going to say I wasn't I wasn't moved by the ending, but, man, it takes a while to get to that. And I just don't think it's worth, you know, it's that the setup is worth the payoff at, at that at point. It's a, it's a long time to sit to get to that i think a 30 minutes this would have been great and i would have gave it three or four stars but as it stands at eh, two and a half that's where that's where i'm at really <laughs> well, half star yeah, for the animation that's about a minus and, four for yeah. the translation yeah, uh, and minus one and half. Yeah. half yeah and a half yeah. star for jeff bridges not showing his dick so. <laughs> <laughs> wait is that a punishment or a reward I well it depends it all depends on the mood you're gonna yeah, take, take uh, it as you will is that is that star <laughs> half full or half empty <laughs> so where do you guys sit next all right well i Brian, why did you go first? <laughs> oh, if, yeah, if we're going to use uh, the Blowclusters, uh, our zero perfect score to negative 10, you know, taking yeah. off, you know, points as we go, you know, for various attractions, I would, um, well, yeah, I mean, pretty much the text I said, Paul kind of said everything after I first watched yeah. it, because we were deciding on this, and I, 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 
what is it, the Wow, Just Wow, or yeah, something like I, that? I believe that was um, yours. Uh, I did, I was in, really moved by, by the story. Um, as, you know, we've been talking here, Honor, you've kind of brought me around a little bit as far as some of the runtime issues and, and a little bit of the pacing. But I was never, you know, watch, watching as much, you know, as, as you were, um, I was just blown away by the, um, the, the 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 prince world you know the the, the animation <laughs> that, there the the hey tour starting soon at prince world um and now and now yeah, purple um, rains prince no 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 not the what's the house yeah whatever but yeah um i believe he did paisley park yeah paisley world. park you can go do tours yeah, go for that. Um, now if it was about you know the prince dying in his elevator the, like the old man right yeah you got a whole different mm-hmm. movie right <laughs> <laughs> i did yeah um i said yeah i did really enjoy it um yeah, some of the casting issues were a little weird, but it, it it never bothered me to the extent where it really pulled me out of the story. Yeah, um, I would go with a probably a minus a half, <laughs> uh, like or a minus point five, a minus one maybe. Um, I I watched it twice. I got just as much enjoyment out of it the second time. Twice, oh, yeah, man. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to get some of the get into the, some of those themes a, a little more the second oh, time around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know, I just, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I really love this film. I think uh, if your kid get, handles more, you know, adult things, or if they seem to be on the more mature side, I think it's fine for. Eight, nine-year-olds. I mean, even younger. Uh, yeah. if, you know, because they're not going to get the the impermanent thing. You know, the impermanence. Uh, well, maybe, maybe stuff. not. Yeah. Um, again, depends on the, but, the kid in question. But, yeah. but I think it is important to have. You know, uh, to show these types of films to kids that they don't need to have. You know, as attention spans are so waning as they, yeah. as they are these days. You know, yeah. to be able to sit and enjoy this type of film, whether it's this film or not. Uh, you know, just where you really have to let the story play out. Um, yeah. Where it's not constant gags. Um, and I think kids would, kids would Asperger's uh, really, really enjoy this film. <laughs> well, there's your uh, ADHD quote. kids, not so much, but. <laughs> Maybe not French kids, Asperger's. Like high end on the spectrum Asperger's, not the, not the low end, like droolers. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like the high end ones, I think would really, really appreciate the, the <laughs> complex themes and stuff like that. <laughs> That might be another edit point, guys. I don't know. I'm, I'm giving you the edit points. I'm, I'm doing your job for you. I, I think we got to uh, yeah. say goodbye yeah. on this before. Given where I work, I don't think I can in good conscience leave that in. I don't oh, think you can. Oh, man. Can you imagine all the good material well, we've lost today? Right? Folks, yeah, they, a disclaimer. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, this might want to just link them right over to our show. All right, yeah, Paul, yeah, you, yeah. Paul, where do you fall on your uh, spectrum? <laughs> your rating spectrum. Not your Asperger's. Yeah, not your <laughs> Number one, I think I'm just going to say this now so I can put it at the beginning. Okay. The thoughts and comments presented by Honor Knight do not reflect the thoughts and comments of the Blockbusters podcast. Okay. And sometimes not that of Honor Knight. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that was good. All right. Now, that being said, where are you falling? Yeah. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> my, my thoughts on this film, uh, obviously, as we went through, I've been trying to put my point of view across, and some of the... Like, you didn't enjoy the the amount of time this film spent on some things where I loved how they were able to build things in, for instance. So, you know, the adults right at the beginning telling the person, like, you know, why did you draw that? That's just stupid. Like, and those adults being the adults from later in the film, uh, 
when she's vacuuming the stars off the ceiling. Like the shot you see of her vacuuming them up and then you see them in the vacuum cleaner and like it's held on that and it's like she's you know, she's giving up on this world. You're, you're seeing her destroy that world. And then later when she goes to find the prince and you, you realize, oh, this is what the businessman has done. He's collected all these stars in this giant dome. Mm-hmm. And also even so small as the alarm that the prince has on his watch is the exact same alarm that she has in her watch that's been telling her to do this stuff throughout the film. I I I love that. There's so many things that you didn't realize that they were going to bring back later, and so many things that were great on their own and then came back even better later. And yep. I I didn't mind any of the casting choices. <laughs> Obviously, I I didn't have an issue with uh, Miss Mr. Bridges and his. Uh, what was it you called it, Donna? His, mouthful of horse shit. Mouthful of horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. It's all IPD voice. It's all IPD voice, yeah. Uh, I didn't mind any of that. I love the art styles. Like, this is so, so great to watch that. And I think I'm going to have to go by the text message that I sent to Brian after I watched it. <laughs> which, the first one just said, Brian, dot, 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 dot. Yeah. And then, Ominous, I think this you. film might be better than The Martian. And I stand by that on after a second watch. Like this film is to me like it, it is perfect. I didn't find a single thing wrong with it. Even after you've been going over some stuff and I can see why some people would see things differently. I can I can definitely see why there would be the creepy pedophile vibe coming from the old man, but I just didn't get that. On either watch. Even though I knew it might be there, I did it didn't mm-hmm. hit me that way at all. And I loved the way the pacing of the film. I I loved all the relationships within it, and I did also tell Brian as I was watching it that uh, the room got a bit dusty, mm, <laughs> which is uh, like which coming from me. Yeah, that does not happen. <laughs> no, um, yeah, yes. so I mean, maybe it, Jamie was cutting some onions. Well, I think or... it, maybe it's because <laughs> I'm six weeks away from becoming a father. I mean, mm. maybe that's maybe yeah. That's you it. Know, I don't yeah. know. It's just, mm-hmm. I can't give this film anything other than a zero. Like, I just and that, can't. <laughs> and and yeah, just I, a reminder, yeah, zeros are good yeah, <laughs> in the blockbuster yeah, zero, world. Zero, so. <laughs> zero means you found yeah. no fault. And that was whatsoever. I was fully intended to. Well, I wonder right why you guys have like no listeners, though. Got, <laughs> you got you got a fucked up rating system. Who the hell is going to be able to follow zero? Nobody knows. It's just a normal star system. What the we'll hell? We'll give it a overhaul someday. What the hell are you talking about? We like about? to be difficult, okay? Everything, yeah. Everything's on a sliding scale with you guys. Negative five. I don't even know where I would rate it then at that. But I don't even know. You guys got to send me a graphic or something when you got, before we do these. We'll send you the algorithm that you can do. Yeah. That. <laughs> That's right. right. We, 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 never, we never specifically tell people that come on this, like, yeah, you have to abide by our system. We just. No, I, I have no problem. <laughs> if I'd known it, I would have just adjusted the thing to you. So you gotta let me know then. And then I would have, I don't know where I would put, now I guess what, negative eight? I don't know what the negative seven, I don't know how, to, how the hell you do it. But I, yeah, that's it, where I guess what I fall. Two and a half stars doesn't mean shit on your show because you had a whole different system. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Let me vacuum up yeah. all my stars in my vacuum cleaner. Go back to the restroom. Jesus okay, well, fuck. We'll get some paper clips and stuff. Checking that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Yeah. Were, yeah. So uh, basically, for you, two and a half star dead dead middle. So let's just say minus five okay. uh, around that. Uh, cause it, yeah. Yeah. So 
Yeah, the, <laughs> why not? Let's just go and do it now. The reason we came up with that system was we didn't want to be either 1 to 5 or 1 to 10 because then everything falls right in the middle or just above or below the middle. Like you, you either get 10 best film ever. We wanted or a little six, bit of ways. It's, five, it's like, a way to separate great films from good films. Yeah, okay. that, makes, and, all right, that makes sense. That's and then also, because it's entirely personal, like zero to 0. 0.5 and even one is I found some things that I didn't like, but it's still a fantastic film. Yeah, it can be objective or subjective. So yeah, it doesn't, yeah, there's no, you know, it yeah. doesn't mean anything either way. <laughs> and, and yeah, we, we base, <laughs> we've had some people say you have a very negative system. And well, the bias nature it is negative. Literally, yes. they <laughs> are correct. Uh, <laughs> literally, yeah. But yeah, it's, it, it's been something that we've kind of enjoyed <laughs> embracing on this. So, mm-hmm. and, uh, and yeah, the very first time we ever gave, either of us gave a zero was when we both did The Martian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we both so ended the up. The easiest way I explain it to people is like, so like a minus two, it's kind of the inverse of like Rotten Tomatoes. So a minus two would kind of be like an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Like a minus sense. eight is like a 20%. You know, like, yeah, yeah so it's, it's an easy way to kind of, kind of translate yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's just we, we don't want to like specifically stick with the parallel because then we, Again, mm-hmm. might get stuck just giving it a seven out of five. Oh, right. Seven out of five. Well, seven yeah. out of five might be uh, yeah, hard right. to accomplish. That, but, I yeah. think that would be breaking the system again. But, uh, <laughs> That's probably why we didn't do that. Yes, yeah, <laughs> we can't give seven stars. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's enough. Yeah, um, definitely. With with that uh, rehashing of the system there, so for anyone that didn't know mm-hmm. ahead of time, and. Yeah. yeah, like your guest. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> the most important person you want to let know what the system was. I was trying to get the explanation out there, but that's yeah, it. Yeah, right. obviously yeah. you weren't listening. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. I got I to gotta start listening to your show. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then also to the host when you're on the set show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that too. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. All right, well... Why don't you go into your spiel? Where can people find you? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, if you like more of this, his humor. <laughs> uh, yeah, really if you want to find more to. of this, yeah, outrageously uh, inappropriate humor, you can go over to signalsoffury dot com. Uh, Soiled Restroom Cinema is the podcast. We are an iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, all those outlets. You can uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Myself, my co-cinematic flushers, Kayleen Griffin and Nora Crest. Every week, we uh, scour the bowels of Hollywood to bring you the absolute worst. That Hollywood has to offer. Some of them are really, really bad. Not this one, but some of the other ones. Uh, we're here to flush it, so you don't have to see it. So there you go, signalsoffury.com. Yes, and uh, it really is a lot of fun. I've been on it several times, Brian's been on it yeah, as it's, well. It's, it's, yeah, it's uh, fun to listen to. Yeah, it's, it's uh, like, obviously we do a lot of films where we really like it, and uh, sometimes it's just as much fun to... Shit all over. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, and uh, assuming I release these in the order we record them, there might Segway be something nicely. coming up yeah. uh, very soon. So, right, right. so I think that's definitely it from us. So I've been Paul. I've been Brian. Viva la France. See Ah, we're screwed. (laughs) We are so screwed.